0: All right, come with me in your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. And uh, t- today I want to talk about defeating satanic agendas. Defeating satanic agendas. And I think if, if, anything, if anything has become apparent, it's, it's become, we've become aware. So the Apostle Paul says, we, we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. And yet I would say, if you said to me, hey, Pastor, give, 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 me, give me your pulse on the church at large, especially down under, I would say most of them are willfully ignorant of the devil's devices. It's just easier to believe that the devil's not as evil as we thought. It's just easier to believe that, well, maybe he can be redeemed. You know, he, he meant well, he just kind of made some bad choices. So Paul says, we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. The Bible says the fear of the Lord, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate. Intentional pause, intentional emphasis. The fear of the Lord is to hate all evil. Christians are just meant to be loving and christians are meant to be like tolerant and we should have like coexist tolerance bumper stickers on our cars the fear of the lord is to hate all evil jacob i have loved esau i have hated that's not the god that i serve then my friend you don't serve the god of the bible jacob i have loved Esau, I have hated. Not that God began hating Esau, but when he saw the wickedness and the continual rebelliousness in Esau's heart, God found that hatred was going towards the wickedness and the hatred. And he's like, man, crazy. Two dysfunctional kids, but I found myself loving Jacob, but hating Esau. Because Esau was rebellious. Jacob was just a rapscallion. <laughs> so, anyway, it's so Daniel chapter one. I'm going to read from my Bible, my new Bible. Daniel and his friends obey God. This is what it says In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem to besiege it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand which is a very, very interesting verse. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into the hand of, ba- of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shena to the house of his God, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, very impressive title, <laughs> to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, who they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine of which he drank, and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now, for among those... Of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel, but Daniel, but Daniel... Purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the face of the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, and Azariah, Please test your servants for 10 days. Let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Fresh produce. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat Burger King. Who eat the portion of the king's delicacies and you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days, 10 tests. At the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Therefore, the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for the four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, the end of the days when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then Nebuchadnezzar interviewed them. And among them all, none was found like Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. Verse 20, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them 10 times better, 10x, 10 times better than all the magicians. Somebody say 10x your life. Someone say Hubbard style. 10x your life. He found them 10 times better than all the magicians and all the astrologers who were in his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. I love that passage of scripture because as we know it is scripture, it is a script that keeps repeating. The players change. Every generation finds itself filling in the roles, but it is scripture. Just like we have a script for hero, we have a script for twisted, and every year the cast changes and every year we make a few tweaks, but but it's the same script. It's the same script. Scripture is scripture. History is on a continually repeat cycle. The same elements that were in play there are the same elements in play now. One of the things that gives us rest, as Pastor Tom so brilliantly ministered this morning, is to find and locate where we're at in the scripture. Because we know the end result is Jesus wins. But we also know that Jesus wins all the way through. There are victories all the way through. A a, a silly person once said, I think they were trying to just, I don't know, appease a hurting world saying, well, you know, there are too many Christian stories with happy endings, too many Christian stories that that, you know, and they all live heavily, uh, happily ever after. And, you know, they cited Job and I'm like, have have you actually read the last? Like when you read the book of Job says, and the Lord gave him double for his trouble. And extended his life so that he saw his children's children to the fourth and fifth generation, and he was restored to everything everything was it's like to me that looks like happily ever after yeah. Esther with mor Mordeca- happily ever after it's anyway so so today i want to I want to kind of speak into. How, how we defeat how we defeat satanic agendas. So the, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to recognize what the enemy's doing. So the first thing that we see here is that the enemy wants to to cut off supply. He wants to cut off supply he, he the Bible says that he besieged Jerusalem. He besieged it. To besiege it means to cut off the water flowing into it cut off the, the produce going into it, to, to starve Jerusalem, to weaken Jerusalem. One of the biggest attacks that we get continuously, relentlessly, Pastor Leanne was having coffee and somebody, perhaps intentionally, we don't know, but they were certainly talking at quite some volume, saying, yeah, there's a big church here in San Diego, They've got many campuses, but they're deceived. They're, deceived. They're, they're like Joel Osteen, they believe in that prosperity gospel. They believe in that prosperity gospel. So, so let me just tell you, we absolutely believe that the gospel prospers you. We absolutely believe that. No, no, no doubt. I, I've, I've read the Bible many, many times from cover to cover and still come up with the same verdict at the end. That God's will for you is to flourish. God's will for you is to increase. God's will for you is to prosper. God's will for you is to live in an abundance. The people that have a problem with God doesn't want you to be rich. That's a prosperity gospel. What they're doing is out of their mouths, they're revealing what's in their heart. That they know that if they became rich, they'd be greedy and if if they know if they know i have the fear in their heart that they would be greedy with their riches i promise you they're not faithful where they're at right now See, I know that if God gave me a billion dollars that I would be faithful because I'd be faithful with a million dollars. I'd be faithful and have been faithful with 100,000. I've been faithful with 10,000. I've been faithful with 1,000. I've been faithful with 100. I I've been. It's Jesus said, if you're faithful in what is least, you'll be faithful in much. But if you're unfaithful with what is least, you'll be unfaithful with much. I remember when we lived in New Zealand, there was a, a Christian radio guy who railed against tithing he, he 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 was right against tithing tithing's old testament tithing's under the law and you know we we shouldn't be tithing and in the new testament they gave everything they gave everything is what he said and you know just and then it came out that the guy wasn't even giving three percent because whenever someone's like oh we shouldn't give you, you know you don't have to give ten percent we should give God everything it's the same as Judas saying, "Why there's ways. This should have been given to the poor. And the Bible says this, he said, not because he cared for the poor. When the hell have you ever cared about the poor, Judas? Well, we were feeding the poor. You were looking in the, in the watch, looking at ro- in the window of the, looking at Rolexes. And we were, this he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and used to steal what was in the money bag so so you need to understand that that even though it is one of the most relentless attacks i recognize that many churches have stepped back many churches have stepped back stopped teaching their people to prosper god said two things you got to do you got to give people permission to prosper that's the first thing you got to do you got to give people permission to prosper god wants you to prosper 2 Corinthians 9 says that you would prosper and abound in all things, having all sufficiency that you might be able to give to every good work, to give to every good work. I remember just being in Bible college, being able to just tithe and thinking, my God, imagine being in that place. And I thought, how could that be that one day you could give to every good work? But but God has so blessed us that we're able to give to a Dr. Simone Gold. We're able to give to Turning Point USA. We're able to, to give to Feeding the Homeless. We're able to give to Turning Point Pregnancy Center. We're able to give to other churches, helping them to get buildings in, helping them to get started. We're able to, to give into, into uh, Mexico. We're able to give into Chile. We're able to give into World Vision. We're able to give into all of these, we're able to give. Blessed and abundance. When Leanne and I look at our lives, we recognize that God wants us to flourish. But the devil knows that the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. The devil wants the church to be the servant and the world to be its master. The devil wants the church to be poor and the world and the wicked, Soros, Gates, Bezos, Dorsey zuckerberg he wants those people to be rich because he knows that the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender and while the church was retracting from from worldly wealth we shouldn't get caught up in materialism then i would say to you then you need to blame god because the bible says that out of eden flowed a river that parted and became four river heads. The first one, the Pishon, skirted the land of Havilah where there was gold and the gold of that land was fine gold. God put materials in the very, very first bend in the river. He put not just materials, he put the finest, he put the, the the most costly materials. Why? Because God is saying, son, I gave you a commission to fill the earth, to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and exercise dominion. For you to do that is going to cost you some mula. But don't worry, son, at the very, very first bend in the river, there I put all the resources. I put all the gold there that you need. And the church stepped back from the gold saying, we shouldn't like things that are shiny because that will upset God. And so the we it came in and they took it and they set it up in their temples and they set it up exalting their gods and they set up images causing people to stumble, causing people to bow down to idols. But thank God for a church that is pushing back, a church that is fighting back, a church that says you can persecute all you like. We are going to give people permission to prosper and then we're going to give them the power to prosper because we recognize the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous that God has made us the head he didn't put the resources in the ground for the wicked to advance a wicked kingdom he put the resources in the earth to advance the kingdom of God somebody say amen and that's all I got to say about that all right number two number two is the enemy goes after leadership he goes after leadership. He, he covets leadership. Yeah. The, the reason, you know, Pelosi said six or seven months ago, I don't know, Newsom won't be, he'll, he'll remain in office. So sure are you? She's so sure because she, she knows California hasn't had a clean right. or fair election in, in years and the people are asleep. The people are asleep and don't hold them accountable. They can do whatever they like, get away with whatever they like. But there's a church waking up. There's a people waking up. There are patriots waking up. And the answer is not moving to Montana. The answer is not moving to Idaho. In World War II, you could have said, well, you know, Europe's toast. Hitler and the Nazi regime, Europe, Europe's toast. Let's move to Rarotonga. But that spirit that seeks global domination, do you really think it's not going to come to Rarotonga? Yeah. The people that fled to Texas, do you really think the battle didn't find you in Texas? We, we, we draw a line in the sand. Someone asked me, oh, pastor, like if it all goes, you know, what are you going to do? I'm like, the hell are you talking about? What am I going to do? Yeah. I didn't come to San Diego because of the sunshine. I came to San Diego because God sent me to San Diego. He said, I want you to go to San Diego. But what if it keeps getting worse? Well... I'm going to stay in San Diego. What if they kill you? Then where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And where you die, there shall I be buried. I'm going to San Diego for life. Going to give my life for this city. I'm called by God to this city. And I will fight with every last breath for this city. We are here to shift this city. We are here to give them curry. We are here to unleash hell. At my command, unleash hell. My favorite line from the prophet Maximus. For strength and honor. At my command, unleash hell. The devil goes after leadership. There's a... There's a thing you've got to be careful of that uh, there's a false humility. It's a false humility that comes in to the church that somehow we should, yeah, and, we, and we, what we do is we take scriptures out of context. That as Christians, we need to live quiet and peaceable lives. In order to have quiet and peaceable lives, we've got to understand that when the righteous were in authority, The people rejoice when the wicked are in authority. But we've said, oh, no, quiet and peaceable lives is we'll just be like little mice. And you won't even know we're here. Yes, we're a church. We don't advertise. We don't do any marketing because we're living quiet, peaceable lives. No, no, no. We we actually, to live a quiet and peaceable, peaceable life for us and our city, we recognize that we've got to make sure that there's also a battle. Did you know to achieve peace, you have to have war? Revelation 12, 7 says, and war broke out in heaven. I don't believe that, but it's in the Bible. How could war break out in heaven? Because of rebellion. Lucifer said, not thy will, my will be done. And one third of the angels fought. And the Bible says, but there was no longer a a place found for them any longer. So they were cast to the earth. And then it says this, therefore rejoice, you heavens. Rejoice, you heavens, and dwell, and those who dwell therein. Why? Because there's peace. Why? Because they went to war. And what happened? They evicted evil. But then it says, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. But you know what God's will is on the earth? going to sound crazy you probably never heard this before but on earth as it is in heaven okay let me try that again he cast satan to the earth rejoice you heavens and you who dwell therein but woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea for the devil has come down to you i wonder what god's up to why would god cast the devil down to the earth does he not care no no because god's will remember jesus taught the disciples to pray Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven in other words we look at heaven hmm they went to war to drive out evil hmm they went to war to evict wickedness what's our assignment on the earth we go to war we go to war in our city we go to war in our school districts we go to war for our school board we go to war for the mayoral race we go to war for the governorship we go to war because we recognize they will be done on earth as it is in heaven heaven gave us a freaking example and we got passive pansy christians i don't know what bible they're reading i know the verses they're ignoring but i don't know. In the, in the 2030 agenda, and that's what we're finding, the, a globalist regime that's trying to tell you that, it, that it's beginning with a, a weaponized virus, but its end is collectivism. Its end is they want to own the world. And they said, in, by 2030, you and I will own nothing. We'll have zero privacy, but you'll be very happy. They should have just punctuated that. You'll be very happy or you will be shot. So let me just tell you why I have a problem with that. If, if, if you and I own nothing, we have no bartering power at the table. We have nothing with which to negotiate except for our lives. Whoever owns the land writes the rules. Whoever owns the territory writes the rules. Therefore, we have to, We have to be engaged in the politic, in the matters of the people. We have to be engaged in the the spiritual fabric. We have to be engaged in the social health, in the spiritual health, in the physical health, in the emotional health of our city. And we have to recognize that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. And so we may not have, the the corruption may have been too great for the governorship, but you know what? We can take school board after school board, and then we can take supervisor after supervisor, and then we can take mayor after mayor. We can build from the bottom up, and we can demand righteousness, and we can demand clean and fair elections, and we can demand voter ID, and we can demand integrity. We can demand that every person's vote counts. So the devil goes after leadership. John Maxwell says that every problem is leadership, but every solution is leadership. Every problem is leadership, and every solution is leadership. No wonder the devil goes after leadership. All right, what am I up to? Is it number four now, or number three? Number three. Number three. The devil goes after, he wants to steal our treasures. The devil wants to steal our treasures. The Bible says that, that he went into the house of God and he took the articles of the house of God and he carried them away and he set them up in the house of his God in the land of Shena. The devil comes into the house of God and he steals worship. He steals our gold. He steals... He steals the the treasures of theater, of the arts, of the creative, the innovative. He steals our best worship leaders. Do you know Britney Spears? Worship leader. Jessica Simpson? Worship leader. Whitney Houston? Worship leader. Katy Perry? Worship leader. It, it It was worship leader after worship leader seduced. See, the Bible says when the angels look, the whole earth is filled with the glory of God on earth as it is in heaven. Many people that have had near-death experiences said, you know, the light, tunnel, and then some of, some of them that actually had encounters said they heard the most amazing music, the most amazing worship. When Isaiah saw heaven, he saw the angels, holy, 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 crying one to another, is the Lord God Almighty. Angels circumference, the throne of God, heaven is filled with worship. So what the devil has done in the earth is he's gone into the house of God and he's taken the anointed musicians and he's taken the anointed singers. I remember being at Michael Jackson in 1997 when he came to Auckland and I was like maybe eight feet from the, the front of the stage and he was singing heal the world and then the word of the Lord came to me and, said, and God said to me, I anointed him to be a worship leader. Because people had their hands lifted and he's singing, heal the world, make it a better place. But he'd been so hijacked, defiled and corrupted by the spirit of this age. What the devil does is he wants to take the worship that should be coming from the earth to the creator of the heavens and the earth. The worship and the singing and the songs that should elevate, magnify. Instead, he takes those and he makes those songs about us. And we sing about, I like big, and shaking you," and we we sing about, We sing about anything. It's been hijacked by sensuality and selfishness and pride and wickedness and all kinds of evil. Because Satan's literally giving the finger to God saying, you will not. They won't sing to you. The earth will be filled with song, but not your songs. The earth will be filled with praise, but not your praise. That's why worship is so powerful. That's why integrity in our worship team is the highest thing. Because there are pockets throughout the cities. There are pockets throughout the nations where there is worship. Why is God so blessed? Hillsong, because of their worship. Because of their worship. We are a worshiping church. We're a church that says we're going to redeem the arts. We're going to redeem theater. We're going to redeem creativity. We're going to redeem entrepreneurship. The devil is not taking our best artists. He's not taking our best singers. He's not taking our best musicians. He's not taking our best directors. He's not taking our best film writers, script writers. He's not not taking our best artisans. He's not taking our best entrepreneurs. He's not taking our best businessmen and our best businesswomen. No, no, no. The kingdom, we're bringing those things back into the kingdom. We recognize you, devil. You ain't stealing treasures from the house of God. To build yours. We're going to bring these into the kingdom to build the house of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, got to move really quickly. Two minutes left. Number numero cuatro. He goes after reproduction. Probably my favorite line in there was, when he commanded Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs. He goes after reproduction. Yesterday, our lionesses went down there and took on reproductive rights. They don't call it abortion. They call it reproductive rights. And, and what, 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 what are they saying? We're, we defend reproductive rights. It's your right not to be reproductive. Wow. Reproductive rights is your right to kill what you are producing. So that you're unproductive in your reproductive rights. Because we hear things and we don't think. They call it reproductive rights. It's your right not to be reproductive. When God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill you always see the satanic agenda because it always rages against the purposes of God. So Ashpenes is the master of the eunuchs. He's the master of the eunuchs. Very interesting which means that he has to bring some of the nobles, bring some of the young men, bring some of the people because he can't reproduce Jack. So our church is not a let's just get people to the altar and get them saved church. We're a discipleship church. One of the first things God said to me is you're not to, you're not to raise up from the outside or you're not to hire from the outside. You're to raise up from within. You're to be a reproductive church. You're to produce leaders. You're, you're to produce powerhouses. You're to produce world changers. You're to produce millionaires. You're to produce, multi, you're to produce billionaires in this house because you're not like Ashpen is the master of the eunuchs. Now watch this. Ashpen is the master of the eunuchs. He's the master. of the, What is a eunuch? A eunuch is somebody that has had their ability to reproduce taken away. To reproduce, you cannot do it alone. I cannot reproduce without Leanne. and as brilliant as my bride is, she cannot reproduce without me for us to reproduce it required partnership it required a covenant it required a union. the kingdom advances in the mouth of two or three every where two or more are gathered there I am the world is about you the world is about self the world is about selfishness the world is about isolation when you're a eunuch it's all about you because you you don't partner to produce i don't know if i explained that i gotta move really quick you need other people The God dream, the God purpose, the God destiny of your life. You can't do it, Ashpenaz, as a master of the eunuchs. But look at my gift. Look at my social media platform. Look at my... But I'm brilliant. I'm a a, a best-selling author on... You need covenant. You need fellowship. You need connection. You need relationship. You need covenant. You need engagement. The difference between the world is the satanic spirit wants to isolate and he wants to emasculate because he wants to make you a eunuch. So that's all about self-centered living. My dream, my vision, my purpose, my agenda, my, my, my. Whereas in the kingdom, I realize, my God, I need to get a Tom Foster on my team. Man, I love connecting with Blake because what he brings to the table helps us with our music it helps me I I love what a Pam Strickler brings to prayer and the prophetic and deliverance I love our. you you we recognize the value in each other for me to reproduce I had to see the, the the brilliance I had to see where things that I couldn't do that only my bride can do and stand in awe and then bring honor where honor is due I know I'm over time, but can I give you a couple of quick more? Okay. The next one, what are you up to? Is that four or five? How many is that? Four? Five? He, he indoctrinates to secure the future. The Bible says, Young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Who they might teach the le- He knew... I've got to get them away from Hebrew I get to get them away from the Torah I got to get them away from the Tanakh. I got to get them away from celebrating the Passover I've got to get them away from their biblical history I've got to get them all, and I've got to indoctrinate them with the language and the literature of the Chaldeans for me to secure their future I've got to indoctrinate them in the present the devil has got into all of our schools all of our colleges all of our campuses dr. gold last night said it correctly. If you want to save the future, get your kids out of the public school system. Get your kids out of the... Thank God last year we started Awaken Academy. We started Awaken Academy because we're pulling people out of a public school system where they're being indoctrinated with lies, indoctrinated with perversions that defile indoctrinated, and we're starting to teach them biblical things. The worst thing that can happen is we have a generation that no longer speaks the kingdom that no longer speaks power, that no longer speaks authority, that no longer speaks faith, hope and love, that no longer moves in the power of God. we got to understand we are raising a generation and we're not going to let the devil's indoctrination take the future. It's not going to, we are are going to raise up a generation. We're going to teach them that God is a faithful God, that He is a mighty God, that He's the God, He's the same God yesterday, today and forever. The same God that part of the Red Sea is the same God that can do miracles now. Come on somebody. He's the same God that walks with us in the fire is the same God that walks with us in the valley is the same God that takes down Goliath's hallelujah the next one is the devil wants to violate your identity the bible says and the king uh, after he appointed them says in verse 7 and the chief of the eunuchs gave names to Daniel he gave the name Belteshazzar Daniel means God is my judge Belteshazzar means bell protects his life Baal protects his life. Mishael, who is what God is? Mishael, who is what God is? Meshach, who is what Aku is? Hananiah, the Lord shows grace. To Shadrach, because the world doesn't understand grace, command of Aku. Azariah, the Lord helps. Abednego, servant. Of Nigo. The devil wants to change your identity. He, he doesn't want you to discover your God identity. He wants to give you a false identity in this world. The great battle of our time, the great battle of our generation is one around identity. People struggling with their identity. Who, who am I? Pronouns. What, what, what are your preferred pronouns? If anyone who wants to know what are my preferred pronouns, it's very simple. Um, your Highness. Your majesty. Just stop there. The battle for identity. We have people that don't know who they are and the devil is telling them who, who they are. The devil's trying to tell them who they aren't. We've got to make sure that people find who they are in God. Listen, you may have been born Jacob, but when God looks at you, he sees Israel. He sees a prince with God. All the way through the Bible, God is revealing. I say to you, Simon, read that you are not Simon Reed. You are Petra. You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Jesus was continually revealing identity. When you discover whose you are, you discover who you are. But We have a whole generation that don't know who they are in Jesus' name. Anyway, come on, stand to, your, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Father, we recognize, lift your hands high to heaven. We recognize the devil's agendas. We're not ignorant of his devices. But Father, we thank you that we are called to overcome. We are called to defeat. We are called to pull down. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that, that we, we rattled the cage. Yes. We rattled the cages. We, were, we sent a, a message all the way into Washington that there is an uprising in California. And if they think that, that, that because they cheated, the people would be disheartened and discouraged. We may be for a moment, but we are those that lick our wounds. We are those who run. To the Lord, like Pastor Tom said, and we refresh and we strengthen because we are a relentless generation. We will fight again. We will push again. We will make it harder and harder for you to get away with wickedness and corruption. We will stand for righteousness and truth. We will see Jesus Christ reign over this land. We will see California redeemed from the hands and the grip of the wicked, of the corrupt, of the greedy of the ungodly, we will see things turned around beginning in our territories, beginning in San Diego, beginning with our districts. We will see righteous men, righteous women elevated to positions of authority that we will see the church flourish and we will see this, this, this wickedness defeated once again. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you, Lord God. The Bible teaches us, Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, Behold, I've given you authority over all Over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. The devil is defeated. Yes, he goes uncontested but not on our watch, not with our church. God has given us authority. The devil is defeated by Jesus Christ. Now he's asking you and I as these sons and daughters, go and execute that defeat. Go and carry out that feat. Go go and dispense that defeat. Go and push back on him and see my victory wrought in every area of our lives. You have, you have freedom in your mind. You have freedom in your body from sickness. You have freedom in your soul. You have freedom in your spirit. You have freedom in your family. You have freedom in your children children. We have freedom in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our cities. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Somebody say amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com